With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That is our number. Good morning. I am Ron Wilson, your personal yard boy, talking about yarding on the Saturday before Valentine's Day and, of course, Cupid and the romance and all of that. And speaking of both, let's kick it off with a cup of Joe. Mr. Joe Strecker, our executive producer, find out what's going on in his lawn, his landscape, his, no, I'm not going to say love life. What? And, of course, our website at ronwilsononline.com. Good morning, sir. Say what? Nothing. I didn't even say that. I was just going to say it's coming up on Valentine's weekend, so you guys got to... Got to pick it up. Zach, you hearing me? He's not paying attention. He's not paying attention. Probably not even looking. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's coming up on, on V-Day here, Tuesday. coming up in a couple of days. Yep. And, you know, it's rock and roll, guys. Rock and roll. Don't yeah. forget. Why is it always the guys? Don't forget. Don't Why is it the guys that, are, that have the responsibility for the most part on Valentine's Day? You asking me? You asking me, a guy? No, well, why, is, why is it the why guy? Is, why is it the guy's well, responsibility? Well, and by the way, I don't do I, I if I bring if flowers because I do that on a regular basis. Yeah, I'll do it this weekend. Yeah, if 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 if, uh, if you know what, this would be a great Facebook in garden party question. So, ladies out there, go to Ron Wilson's Facebook page and tell us why is it why always is it the guy guy's responsibility? Takes care of everything. Yeah, I don't get that. I don't know. It's girls too. Yeah, women too. I know. See, that's the girls or women. You know, and and or... when when I was married, um, I would you know, and when I used to uh, you know, when I was married, it was if I had to have a specific day like Valentine's Day or Sweetest Day to mm-hmm. remember to give my wife something, mm-hmm. then there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. So Valentine's Day and Sweetest Day was just another day. And did you know, this is something I didn't know, Sweetest Day is only celebrated in four states. Did you know that? No. Ohio can, Ohio and Kentucky are obviously two of them, and there's a couple other, I don't know what the other two were. Really? But yeah, only four states celebrate Sweetest Day. Really? So if you go to, if, so if you go to like, you know, so if I move Florida, them. people are like, what are you talking about, Sweetest Day? What's that? Well, it's not a cop-out, but I'm like you. I'm the same way. My wife understands that. She would rather have, be that way also. Yeah. You know, I will still acknowledge Valentine's yep. Day. I will still acknowledge Sweetest Day. Yeah, you better. And all that. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> she'll say, but, oh, you don't have to get me anything, but you do. You have to look through that. Yeah. Are you listening, Zach? But, no, he's not paying attention. God, pay attention. Of course, I thought you were going to say, of course, you'd have to have a date to do that, so. Huh? Stop talking to Premier. Uh <laughs> So uh, yeah, yeah, Valentine's Day is coming up, and uh, Rita's got us hooked up. He gets, he I mean, she hooked these us long up. Long distance romances for some reason, Zach does mm, usually overseas. Uh, 
Bria hooked us up last week with that tenderloin, which yes. I told you was awesome. Yes. And so this week she's she's got the dinner done. She this week uh, she did right. the dinner. Well, now it's the dessert it's this the dessert. week. Dessert. This week it's a it's an awesome dessert. Are you going to do that little chocolate and turnover thing? Am I going to do the is? chocolate? Turnover? Is that what it is? Yeah, but it's not calorie. Oh, uh, well, it's Valentine's Day. Come me. on, man. Just because it's Valentine's Day, I mean, I still got to go on the scale. Yeah. Well. You don't have to eat ten of them. Just eat one of them, yeah, or share. I guess so. Yeah, or kind of, or, or share one. Or feed it to the, your partner. There you go, or just have one bite and feed the rest of it to your partner. There you go. Yeah, now we're talking. See, that's why you're always thinking. You're yeah, the yeah, thinking man. You listening, Zach? He's, He's not, not listening. Get off the phone. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's what we got to do. Yeah. So, but I still, uh, yeah, I, I never understood the pressures on the guys, but that's okay. It is what it is. Right. So uh, we just totally talked about Valentine's Day, and we just totally bypassed the fact that the groundhog was freaking wrong. What do you mean he's wrong? We had a couple cold days. We actually had some snow this week, which 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 I gotta Thursday say, Thursday was I gotta say bitter stuff. I gotta Were you say, out there Thursday, yeah, I was out. I was out. Jeez. But even though we did have snow this week, yeah, it was the kind of snow. If I did like snow, it was the kind of snow that I liked because it's big flakes and wet. Big flakes, wet, and didn't get on the road, and that, and then. Yeah, the asphalt's too warm for you. Yeah, to stay so, there, so that is the that snow. So you like that one. That snow, so I can have all that. the time. Walk through it, enjoy it. Right. Don't have to worry about it piling up right. on the roads. Okay. But, yeah. yeah. And, well, and what's coming up next week? 60s, 50s, and 40s. Is, is it, it even it? February? Groundhog's Strange. wrong. The groundhog is wrong. Six more weeks of winter weather. It's not winter. It's winter weather. Winter weather. Winter-like weather. So Groundhog's wrong. Of course, Buckeye Darn Chuck it. said the same thing, too. Buckeye Chuck's wrong, too. Yeah. And crawfish, whatever, the crayfish in Louisiana and the peach and and Of course, he's always right because if he's not, he gets tossed in the, in the boil. Now he better. <laughs> so he you just get another right. one. So, so anyway, with Valentine's Day coming right. up on uh, on uh, Tuesday, um, our plan of the weeks, both of them kind of correlate with Valentine's right. Day. The first one is mini roses. Right. And those are better than a bouquet. Exactly. Because you can plant them in the ground. And they keep on giving. And they keep on keeping on giving. has the experience of having a potted rose. Yeah. And then planting it in the ground I did later. That. I did that for, you know, the ex-wife one year. And it Got did her a potted rose. to grow. And, and that thing lasted three or four years. Yeah. So it's a gift that keeps on giving. Yep. And Listening, a, Zach? Are there's a, Come on. <laughs> there's a bunch What's of What's he doing in there? I don't know. Gosh. I'm calling Rhino. Where did he go? Oh, there he is. Why is he, why is he under the board? I don't get that. <laughs> wow, I don't know. Maybe he's eating a Subway. No, he's in training. Yes. It's fruits and it's all fruits and vegetables now. Oh, okay. And lots of water. Okay. As a matter of fact, I brought him. Uh, I brought in some little cake donuts last week. He said I can't eat those anymore because I'm in training. Oh, you can have a veggie sub. Could, but he wanted. Uh, I said okay. Next week I'll bring in a couple apples and bananas. He said great. I like grapes. I said I said I bring in some apples and bananas. Wow. So well, they, I like Granny. They have a specific order? <laughs> yeah. You didn't tell me what I kind. like Granny Smith's. Yeah, okay. And I owe him a Coke because we bet on the Super Bowl. Coke? Yeah. A Coke. A Coke. You yeah. bet a Coke. 240 calories. Uh, a Coke. He, he, I guess. That's not good training. Listening, Zach? Coke Are you listening? Caffeine free. No, or, he's not. No. Zero Coke. Wow. So I brought him a Coke this morning. Sage advice is coming out of both of our mouths, and what do we get? We're totally ignored. So anyway, 
RonWilsonOnline.com is that's the, the website. website where you can find the plant of the week, which is the mini rose. Mini roses. That's plus the first list, one. Plus a list of other plants that are great, living plants that are great to give for Valentine's Day. Right. In addition to the mini rose, right next to it is um, what color does that rose mean? You've been talking about this forever. Oh, Every yeah. Valentine's Day, you come Be up careful. with this list. Be careful when you buy roses, right? Because the colors you may give mean the, a whole. You may give the wrong idea <laughs> yeah. there, buddy. Especially if you, did you buy orange roses this year? Did I? Are you I, going to? I don't know. Maybe because <laughs> that's pretty. Uh, you know, that's. You're orange rose is passion. Yeah. You listening, Zach? So you got to be careful with that orange. Uh, he's rose. not listening. No. Um. So you know, if you know, I'll probably go with uh, lavender this year. Maybe a little white, green roses. Yellow. Never seen a green rose before. Yeah, they have them. Green roses. Now, are those th- these green ones? Are those like ones you can put in the ground too? No. They don't. They just specifically make Not them for cuttings. I, I don't think that. Yeah, it's just for cutting roses, as far as I know. Okay. But uh, I don't have that's kind of neutral. Kind of environmentally nice, green Besides, and we got, soft. And green's the color of the year for yeah. 17. So, well, we got to talk about roses when, when, when planting season starts because yeah, I need to replace Well, them. I'm going to redo everything. I think I'm going to just, I, I kind of decided I'm just going to tear out everything and redo it. That whole strip? Yeah, maybe. Perennials and all? Yeah, I think I'm going I'm to redo wow. everything. Maybe. Cool. I may keep a couple things. Maybe if the, if the garden fairy would show up and maybe give me some, some pointers. I still like driving by your house and seeing it. It would look like a garden store. Well, that one that one <laughs> year, my goodness, I couldn't get it all planted. It had thousands of things in containers sitting there. I, I couldn't. I didn't know where to, to put them. Into the ground and... I didn't know where to put them all. <laughs> Wonder why how that happened. I don't know. Garden so, Fairy was good to you. I know he was. But he never stops by anymore. Mm. Never knocks on the door just and drives, says hi to my dad. It's a drive-by. Just drives by, he tosses a plant out the window and drives Keeps away. Keeps on going. Yeah. Uh, Headed to White Oak. <laughs> I'm sure they say hi. And there's, and there's a new garden center up the street from me, too, in addition to White Oak. Oh, yeah? Oh, boy. And I'm going to forget see what the new, name is. New uh, greenhouse? Yeah. Yeah, they've been working nice. on that. They've been working on that all nice. year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you're in the northwest side of Cincinnati, Veronica's probably got a uh, – she's probably camped out in front waiting for that greenhouse to open up. Probably. Um, with her – yeah. She keeps posting pictures of things flowering on her dome garden. And, of course, they're always yeah. two weeks ahead of everybody else's yeah. stuff. So. Yeah. Dome, D-O-M-E. So, yeah. Um, and the other plan of the week is skunk cabbage. Skunk cabbage. Now, why'd you pick skunk cabbage? Well, because Valentine's Day typically is also the kickoff for the skunk mating season. So we picked oh, yeah. skunk That's cabbage. Hot. But you know what is Listening, Zach? <laughs> Do you know what's interesting? Not listening. Skunks started showing up about two weeks ago. Yeah. So they're as plants they're are running early. early this year. Yeah. So are skunks. So they're the getting, male skunks have been out for they, a while. And what happens when skunks are in mating season? Yeah, they looking for love in all the wrong places. What happens? They get hit by, by car, cars. Lots of cars. Yeah. I think I've seen three or four this week on the side of the road. Not in the middle, but on the side of the road. So they're out. They're active. So I always use Valentine's Day um, for the flowers, obviously, but also to remind everybody of the kickoff for them. Skunk mating season. And now you know why Pepe Le Pew was always a favorite on the Valentine's Day cards. Yeah, there you go. More, the more you know. The more you know. Uh, guess this week. Do we have any guess? Uh, you tell it's me. It's a Pepper Saturday. Ooh. We have from Pepper Joe's. Pepper Joe's. Everybody that grows peppers knows Pepper Joe's. Um, we have Pepper Joe's are going to be with us this morning. And then Cayenne Diane. Is wow. going to be with us this morning, so we're gonna. And they're both ladies. Pepper Joe is actually a lady, hmm. and now and the Diane Cayenne Diane. Well, it used to be Pepper Joe, and I think that was her uncle or something. Okay. Now she is in charge of the company. Gotcha. 
So we're going to talk to both of them and talk about peppers and all kinds of cool stuff. Fun. Peppers are hot in the garden. And then Gary yep. Sullivan with some home improvement. Uh, and, of course, in between, it's a talk you, in your you, you and the Me and everybody and else wants to call in and As soon talk. as I shut up and we, I move on. And, yeah. You, no, you don't have to shut up. It's your cup of joe. Yeah. We like having you. Well, we're, we're running out of time here soon. So but. so that's it. So we're going to talk peppers today. Talking peppers. Yeah, talking fun. roses. Talking Valentine's Day. Go to the Facebook page in the Garden Party and give us your opinion on why is it that only guys why have guys to be responsible for responsible Valentine's Day. Uh, that's Facebook.com slash Ron Wilson. In the Garden with Ron Wilson, I think it is. That works. And uh, I think that's it. Is Listen, that- Zach. Here we go. Here comes your cue. That perked him up. Wow, he finally finally Turned awake. His hat around. Totally missed a ten and a half minutes, and then all of a sudden, this last minute, he, I think we woke him up. All right, we'll have a happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Sad a premiere for me, Zach. <laughs> if you our website is johnwilsononline.com. If you like what you see, Joe Strecker had everything to do with it, and he really did. And if you don't like what you see, call Zach. Call Zach and let him know. 800-823-8255. It's not on the hotline. Here in the garden. Here we go, Zach, with Ron Wilson. Landscaping made easier with your personal yard boy. He's in the garden, and he's Ron Wilson. Welcome back. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. Again, that toll-free number, 800-823-8255. Talking about yardening as we uh, start to move our way through the month of February. Hey, two more weekends. We're out of here, February-wise, and then we're into March, and that's it. It's all over. So hopefully getting your plans together and uh, taking advantage of some of this uh, warmer weather we're having. Don't know about in your area, and I think it's pretty much been widespread, but uh, take advantage of the warmer temperatures and get out there and get some of those winter projects taken care of before we get into the spring. Speaking of which, let's go to uh, Oakley, talk to John. John, good morning. Good morning, Ron. How are you? Good, sir. And yourself? Good, good. Good. Um, uh... Uh Uh-oh. We lost John. Well, John, call us back. Somehow we uh, we lost you there on the connection. But uh, talking about the warm weather and getting outside, um, as a matter of fact, uh, I, I, as I watch or look around our area, um, see some landscape crews out there getting some things done. Not a lot. And you can plant. As a matter of fact, um, around uh, some areas around our uh, nursery, around our, our office and that where we want to install a few other plants, we're gonna, we'll be planting uh, when the weather's right. I've got some flags out there so when the crews can get out and plant. Uh, we're installing some trees and a few evergreens here and there. So, uh, you know, those things can be done. But I'm talking about things like uh, uh, edging beds, fluffing up the mulch. I wouldn't be – we're going to get into this over the next three or four weeks. Do you mulch now? Do you not mulch? You know, what's the deal? You'll see landscape crews as the weather starts to improve to get out, and, and, and there'll be landscape or, uh, mulching the landscapes. It's 
it's not the best thing in the world to be mulching early in the season. Reason being is it doesn't give the soil uh, the opportunity to warm up because, you know, you're covering over with mulch. So you keep it cooler. It holds moisture. It doesn't dry out quite, quite, quite as quickly. But you can pull that off in a general landscape bed or around trees and shrubs, that type of thing, woody plants. If you're going to do this, don't do this around uh, perennials, um, plants like that. Don't do not do that. But you can do that around trees. You can do it around woody, woody landscapes. But, you know, horticulturally speaking, the time for remulching would be once we get into mid to late spring, almost approaching summer, because it actually becomes a late spring summer mulching uh, rather than a, than a uh, you know. But everybody wants to get out there and get it freshened up. So can you do it? You can. Not one of my favorite things to do, but you will see crews out there doing it. But one of my point is you can get out, edge the beds, fluff up the existing mulch, um, you know, do things like that, clean up. I still see a lot of lawns that have leaves in the corners and, and on top of the grass and things like that that you could get uh, raked up as well. But take advantage of some of those warmer days. John is back. John, good morning. Good morning so, again. Hopefully this works this time. Sorry about that. That's okay. Uh, yeah, so I need to divide some ornamental grasses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have uh, Carl Forster and Shenandoah. Mm-hmm. Great grasses. Yeah, and uh, you know what? I just noticed yesterday that the uh, Carl Forster is starting to green up. Little so. little green down there. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 early, and you know we did we are seeing some green up in some. As a matter of fact, in some of the containers that we had ornamental grasses in close to our landscape office that we just cut off at the ground, they've been green at the base all winter long. You know, they never really lost a, a lot of that green right at the crown. So right. uh, it just hasn't been cold enough, but. Timing for doing that. Spring is an excellent time for digging and dividing. Would I do it right now? Probably not. Um, I'd give it. A, I'd give it till we get into March, probably before I start worrying about that. I think that you know you want to get into it before they really start to grow. I mean, they could be starting to come up, but you want to get them just as they're maybe just starting to green, still dormant or just starting to green. I'm doing it right now. I, you know, John, with the way the weather's been, I'm sure you could pull it off and be successful with it. But I, I think, personally, I would let them sit there for another couple weeks at least, see what the weather is at that point, and then jump in there and start dividing out. And I'll tell you, you can take some nice clumps and really pull out a lot of uh, plugs, you know, and, and do a lot of div- digging and dividing on those. But two great grasses, absolutely great grasses. But I'd probably give it another couple weeks. Get in, Let's get into March, see what the weather's like at that point, then get in and dig and divide. And, you know, you can take those down to as much as – three-inch or so plugs that you can divide it up with and pot them up or replant them or whatever, but great time to do that and uh, and, and uh, really does work nicely. 800-823-8255 here in the Garden with Ron Wilson. Help for the do-it-yourself gardener at 1-800-823-TALK. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. Zach Jones with your forecast from the 55KRC Weather Center. Today, a slight chance of rain and patchy fog late this afternoon. Otherwise, mostly cloudy with a high near 59. Tonight, rain, patchy fog, low around 53. Tomorrow, morning rain with patchy fog. Otherwise, mostly cloudy with temperatures falling. And with tomorrow night, having partly cloudy with a low around 28. 
Monday, Sunday, sunny with a high near 43. That's the forecast from 55 KRC, the talk station. Welcome back. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. Again, that toll-free number, 800-823-8255. Talking about yardening. By the way, talking about dividing those grasses. You mentioned, too, there that uh, if you've never planted ornamental grasses, and I don't know too many people haven't because they're just everywhere, and rightfully so because they're absolutely wonderful plants. Um, he mentioned Carl Forrester and Shenandoah uh, switchgrass. And I love both of them. And you see a lot, those used a lot in um, uh, islands, planting islands, uh, islands between the, uh, like in the middle of the street, um, places like that, because they're basically upright-type grasses, and they, they go up and give you a really nice show. I used Shenandoah, and anybody that's listened to the show for a while, I had Shenandoah and two planters, fairly large uh, p- pots by our front door, I did Shenandoah grass one spring in there, and it lasted about three years, and it was really nice because it only got about uh, three to four feet high, uh, nice seed heads in the fall, flowers, and then it it turns a a reddish, maroonish color, great fall color. I left that there, and then as we got into the holidays, I put evergreens and branches in around it and whatever holiday decorations, and I took the decorations out. The green stayed over the winter. Then in the springtime, I cut it all off, and it came right back up again. Now, I say it lasted in there about three years. The reason only about three years or so is because it became so root-bound, um, it started to decline, I couldn't, and I, ha- I couldn't get it out. If you've ever tried to transplant ornamental grasses, they're tough, man. When those things root in, they root in, and they're hard to move. And when it comes to digging and dividing, sometimes can be a little bit tough. And that's why I wanted to bring this up real quick, and then we'll go back to the gardening phone lines here. Um, but it can be a little bit tough. And ornamental grasses, for the most part, uh, can you do it this time of the year? Like uh, John was asking, you you can, but I'd rather do it more into the spring season where I can see some green in there. I know they're starting to come back. You can even do it once they've started to come up. I mean, they can be uh, up and starting to grow and still do that, you know, late uh, late spring and, uh, and and early summer and still get in and dig and divide and be successful. Um, but I like do that's a that's excellent timing for you as far as digging and dividing grasses. If you have grasses that have older clumps that have kind of hollowed out on the center, so you've got all the grass growing around the outside and not not too much in the center, you don't notice that that too much during the season. Uh, but sometimes over time it starts to open up a little bit, a little bit thinner than what they normally would be. Just take a piece from the outside edge and plant it right back in the center of that, and you're good to go. But the key to uh, transplanting those would be the a really sharp square spade, and I'm talking razor sharp. Uh, your soil knife comes in handy in a situation like this. And I've seen folks that have taken Sawzall, a Sawzall, and used those. So actually pull the clump out of the ground, then use a Sawzall to cut it up into pieces, uh, and then divide them up that way because that those root masses are really tight, um, very tough to get apart. So it takes a really sharp tool. So we're talking sharp square spade, sawzall, uh, the soil knife, a really sharp uh, machete sometimes, things like that to get those to divide up. But they can can be done very easy to do once, I say very easy to do once you get them separated, very easy to get them uh, planted in other areas and expand your ornamental grasses in other areas of your yard or share them with your neighbors or whatever because they're, they, uh, they, they respond very nicely to being dug and divided like that. But it is a little bit of work if they've been planted there for a while because those rootstocks 
are really dense and really tight. So got to work with a little bit, and that's where a Sawzall sometimes can really come in handy in a situation like that. Bob in Oxford. Bob, good morning. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. Yes, Ron. I've uh, always kicked around by planting my own tomato plants, mm-hmm. and they get lanky. I mean, when you go to the garden store, they've got such nice, thick stalk on them, and what am I doing wrong? <laughs> Well, let me ask you a couple things. We'll work our way backwards here. First of all, remember, when you go to the garden center, um, they're growing those in a greenhouse with regulated temperatures, full sunlight, you know, the air movement, the whole nine yards. And in some cases, they can also use a a quick shot of a growth growth retardant to kind of slow them down a little bit, keeps them a little bit stockier. Some greenhouses will do that. Some will not. If they they get the hang of it, they get them planted just right – um, they won't have to use that, but it can be used, uh, you know, if necessary, to keep them from getting long and lanky. So when you're trying to do these at home, I, I guess the few things I look at is this. One is don't plant too early um, because a lot of times we'll start to plant those seeds too early in the house, and by the time we're ready for to plant them outside and transplant, the temperatures haven't changed enough yet, so we've got to hang on to them for a while. Then they get tall and lanky in the house. Bad news. Secondly, as you are growing them in the house, great sunlight. If you don't have good sunlight, you got to supplement with a grow light. The grow light has to be on 14 hours a day, maybe 16. And you keep that within about 2 to 4 inches of the top of the, of the foliage of the tomatoes. And number three is air circulation, and I think this is really important. If you have a desk fan or a little little fan sitting away from the plants, that's blowing on them during the day. That slight movement does a couple things for you. One is it actually causes them to be stockier, and it, and it keeps to cut down on any root rot and things like that as well. But that slight movement really keeps them stockier and a little bit squattier for you um, as well. And as a matter of fact, if you go in greenhouses, you'll see those fans up in the ceiling that really you don't feel the air, but what they're doing is they're just moving the air all the time around those plants. So you put all that together. And that's how they're able to keep them shorter and stockier. And, of course, timing. And they'll plant two or three or even four successions of planting times to have tomatoes available for the 1st of April for those that want to get started early. Then a next crop in two weeks, then a next crop in two weeks, and a next crop in two weeks. They'll actually have succession plantings to keep them shorter for you as well. So, you know, there's a lot, lot involved there. And one last thing. Once they start to come up and growing, if they can regulate the temperatures to keep it just a little bit cooler, that helps to keep them shorter and stockier and not, you know, not being too hot, which will cause them to stretch too. So you got lots of factors in there, but a lot of times the biggest one I, I think is the air movement, good sunlight or the grow lights, and not getting them started too early in the season. Okay. Um, also, I was at a hardware store and they had a bunch of seeds that they were going to be throwing out mm-hmm. and someone told me that if you take those seeds and put them in the refrigerator that they would be good for the next year is that true so you don't have to put them in a, what were they just annual seeds vegetable seeds yeah vegetable seeds yeah they, they're not going to store those in a refrigerator they're just going to keep them in a cool dark dry area so not the refrigerator but just like in a a cool dark cabinet something like that but not a not a refrigerator no uh, and and most of those vegetable seeds, depending on what it is, and it, some of those will last two to three years, and they start to really decline. Some can last four or five or six years before they really start to decline. Um, you know, and, and most of the time on those, what they'll do is they take those packs, like you see those seed racks. They either take them back and they'll retest and then and repackage or relabel, 
or they'll just take them and give them away to you know wherever uh, garden groups and things like that to uh, to move them on. But you, know, you can easily get two or three years, but not the refrigerator. Just store them in a dry, dark, cool area, and you should be go for, like I say, depending on what it is, maybe two, maybe three years. Okay. And also, um, I'm always looking for ways to recycle. So mm-hmm. what I've done is I'll take a two-liter bottle, cut it in half, stuff the neck full of uh, a paper towel, fill it full of dirt, and then take the base of it and fill it full of water and put that in there, and that's what I've been using to start my seeds with. So you just invert that, yeah. and the, the base invert. becomes the saucer. Exactly. And the paper towel becomes the wick. Right. And you start from the great idea. Very good idea. Yeah. That's very good. And it, it kind of, Go ahead. It kind of helps to recycle things. Oh, abso- absolutely. Well, you know, doing those, and we're going to have to take a break here, doing something like that is excellent for recycling. And for folks that do a lot of vegetable gardening and they like to get plants started a little bit earlier for protection, save all of those uh, gallon milk jugs and take the bottoms out of them. Great little mini greenhouses for you to reuse in the garden as well. 800-823-8255 is our number here in the garden with Ron Wilson. Landscaping made easier with your personal yard boy. He's in the garden, and he's Ron Wilson. Welcome back here in the garden with Ron Wilson. Again, our toll-free number, 800-823-8255, talking about yardening. Coming up on our next hour, Pepper Joe. We're going to have Laura Rippey with us. Laura, uh, and she'll tell you more about it. Uh, she is the current Pepper Joe. Anybody that's grown peppers, and if you've ever gotten catalogs out there, Pepper Joe's is probably one of the best. They have about every pepper you can imagine in there. And, of course, they update it all the time and got a great weekly newsletter that comes out. It keeps you posted. And and there's more than just pepper seeds. They do all kinds of other goodies as well. We're going to talk to Laura about Pepper Joe's, how it got started, um, how they come up with all the different peppers. You know, which ones do you choose? There's so many out there today. We'll talk about the hot peppers that are out there today as well. And then coming up in the following hour, Cayenne Diane. Yeah, who is also a pepper lover, and her website is Cayenne Diane. And we'll talk about peppers and all the great things that she does and her interest in peppers as well coming up in our next two hours. So you want to stay tuned for that. Otherwise, we're still taking your calls at 800-823-8255. And, you know, re- talking about recycling real quick, I love the uh, the milk jugs, the, the gallon milk jugs. Save those, rinse them out, cut the bottom, take a razor blade, just do an X across the bottom and pull those um, pieces out so that you open up the bottom. And you can put that over top of plants in the springtime, put some soil around on the feet that you folded out, 
and that becomes a really nice little greenhouse. And they're frosted, so it's not clear, so it doesn't really bake the plant. And, of course, you've got to keep the lid. You can take the lid off and vent it. If it gets really cold, you put the lid back on it to keep it like a mini greenhouse. But, you know, you those are great things to save and, and hang on to. And I love the kitty litter uh, jugs, the jugs of kitty litter, the big ones with a handle on the top, you know, that's made a part of the whole deal. So you've got a screw-off lid on, on there. Great for putting water in to carry to containers and that that I can't get a hose to. Or if I'm watering or uh, uh, feeding with a water-soluble fertilizer, I can mix that up in there or make a compost tea in those things, let it sit for a while, and then carry it around and use that to pour into the uh, planters or round plants. I love hanging on to those things too. Egg crates, excellent for uh, starting uh, seedlings in and those each individual little egg crate. And, of course, those plastic uh, containers that you get at the salad bar, with a lid on it, you know, those are great little mini greenhouses to use inside as well for starting seeds. Uh, punch some holes so they drain well. You can close that over for a little greenhouse and open it back up again uh, to vent and, and do that type of thing. So, yeah, recycling a lot of those things, a great thing, to, way to go. And then if you're done with them, then you put them back in the recycle bin and move on. So, yeah, anything you can come up with to recycle, good for you. Harry in New Richmond, good morning. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. Good morning, Ron. Yes, sir. I've got uh, basically two questions for you. I have, I want to reseed, and I probably got a acre and a half. I want to reseed with um, an equine pasture grass, mm-hmm. and then up around the house, I want to reseed. And I'm thinking maybe with a Kentucky 31. Any suggestions you got there? And the main question is, what's the best time in the coming weeks to put this grass seed down? Well, let's let's look at the lawn first. Okay. All right. And Kentucky Thirty One, of course, has been around forever. Okay. Good, really coarse, old, you know, old old grass. But I like the turf type tall fescues, which are like third or fourth cousins to Kentucky Thirty One. They still have the deep rooting. They still have the good insect and disease resistance, the whole nine yards. But they're a more turf desirable landscape turf desirable type grass. A little bit thinner bladed, not quite as coarse. Um, just a, a nicer grass. Okay. And so look look for those. And I like them. I like the blend. Now you can sow it by itself. There's like Crossfire and uh, Titan Limited and Titan RX. There's a whole bunch that you can do do by themselves. But I like the blends of three or four in a blend. And as far as seeding that, uh, you can do that now. And the thing about anytime mid to late February is that you get that freezing and thawing. So you get nights that freeze, and I, I know I was taking the trash the trash cans to the uh, to the street the other night, and I think that was or Monday morning, and it was really cold. And as I was walking, everything was the, the soil was very crunchy. But by afternoon, it had thawed back out again. Mm-hmm. Perfect for a for creating a seed bed because it freezes, the soil cracks open, seed falls down in it, it thaws, it seals back over, and works the seed down into the soil. So. That's why I like dormant seeding mid to late February. So you can do that. You can also dormant seed in early March. You can spring seed March through April. The whole goal is getting the seed in place so that when the soil temperatures are right, it starts to come up for you as soon as possible so they can get rooted, established before we get into the summer season. Okay. Now, I had a, had a friend of mine basically said what you just got through telling me, and but in the back of my mind, I was kind of concerned, say, uh, in the next two weeks, boy, we just dropped down to, to 10 degrees zero um, for a 
three or four days, that's not going to hurt that grass seed if I put it down today. No, it doesn't hurt seed at all. I mean, the seed had, that you know. As a matter of fact, if you had seeded back in November and it goes through the winter, sometimes you lose some of the seed through staying too wet, things like that. But otherwise, to sit there is is not an issue whatsoever. So the freezing and thawing is your friend. It creates that natural seed bed. Okay, so, so that's excellent. Now, good. That's what I needed. And and as far as the pasture, that works the same way or. You know, if you've got a fairly decent stand of grass there, you may want to look at slice seeding or drill seeding to make sure it gets into the ground. Same way with your lawn. If that grass seed or pasture seed hangs up in the thatch, hangs up in the top and doesn't make it to the soil, it's not going to germinate and grow. Okay. Seed soil contact, extremely important for you. Very good. All right. Thanks, Ron. All right. Good luck with everything. And in Virginia, good morning. Good morning, Mr. Wilson. I love you. Well, thank you. Appreciate Why that. Why would I get up, you know, fuck <laughs> on a Saturday? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love anyway, it. Thank you. I wondered if you've heard about the incredible population of black vultures that are circling in our area. Well, as a matter of fact, yeah, uh, we'll, we talk about them on this show because where we're situated, we're on a sixth floor, and there's this um, ledge that sticks out uh, past our windows. And we usually get tar- turkey vultures that show up, um, yeah. and they hang out there. But then the black vultures start to show up afterwards. Well, the last two or three years, these black vultures have the populations have really gone up. I'm telling you, there have been a hundred of them. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing, and and they they are a migratory bird. But we saw them hanging out fairly late this year, and for the state of Ohio, this year, uh, 2016. Farmers, uh, livestock farmers, reported more incidences with black vultures causing problems with newly born foals, calves, you know, lambs, things like that. I thought they ate dead stuff. Well, that's the deal. They usually are the cleanup guys. The turkey vultures come in first, start doing their things. The black vultures come in and kind of clean up. Well, now all of a sudden they're seeing that their populations are going up, and they're actually going after live livestock, like newly born. And uh, and causing issues, so it is a migratory bird. You can't do anything about them, but we are seeing that the increase in population. Yes, we are. Is there any reason for it? Well, I, that I don't know. Uh, I I can't answer that. But I tell you what, we get Marnie uh, Titchnell on our show from OSU Extension. She's our wildlife specialist. I think that'll be one of the questions uh, we get her on here in a couple more weeks. That I'll be making sure that I throw out at her. Um, we kind of address that in the fall with with Marnie. But she didn't really have any answers why we were seeing more and more. But we, like I said, we see them right here on our ledge because these the windows right next to where we're sitting are mirrored, so they walk right up to it and they think they're looking at each other. But you swear they're looking at you because they're right there. But but yeah, we where the turkey vultures are in and out. The black vultures have been uh, pretty consistent and lots more of them, and causing more problems with farmers. So I don't know, Ann, but I appreciate you getting up so early to call us, and and we really appreciate you listening to our show. And we'll get with Marnie and try to figure out what's going on. Why are the populations of those black vultures seeming to go up? And why are they going after live? I don't know. Well, they're because they're hungry, obviously, but... You know, why are we seeing this change? Maybe Marnie's got an answer for us. I don't know. We'll take a break. We come back. Laura Rippey from Pepper Joe's will be with us this morning. Pepper Joe's, one of my favorite pepper catalogs. Been ordering seeds from Pepper Joe's for years. Have you? Well, we're going to find out about Pepper Joe's. What's it all, what's it all about? How they choose those peppers? Uh, new products that they've got. Just all kinds of great information from Laura Rippey, Pepper Joe's, coming up next here in the garden with Ron Wilson.
problems distinguishing between weeds and what you planted? Call Ron at 1-800-823-TALK. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. Our toll-free number here in the garden, 800-823-8255. Good morning. I am Ron Wilson, your personal yard boy, talking about yardening. And, of course, if you listen to our show over all these years, you know I love growing peppers. Whether it's in the ground or in the containers, I love growing peppers. And you also know one of my favorite sources for pepper seeds. If you're looking for some new selections of peppers, you can't beat Pepper Joe's. And been around for quite some time and a great uh, catalog, great newsletter, the whole nine yards. And I said, you know what? We got to get the folks from Pepper Joe's on here to talk about Pepper Joe and where it all started. And uh, just if you're not familiar with it, to make you familiar with it, because it's absolutely a wonderful, wonderful source of great uh, pepper information, seeds, and other items as well, which we will find out because this morning we're going to talk to Laura Joe from Pepper Joe's. Good morning. Good morning, Ron. What a wonderful introduction. I love it. Well, I love I'm, it. I'm glad you're a Pepper fan because we really are. Oh, well, I hope so. I mean, I just, this, it, I tell you what, I've been so excited. And uh, we, we, I work for a large nursery here in this area, and our greenhouse grower, who uh, he gets he gets on me all the time because I find these new varieties from you mostly. Uh-huh. And, you know, I say, you got to grow these for us, got to grow these for us. And, of course, we get our seeds from you as well. But, uh, you know, he said, you're going to have them on. I said, yep, got to listen. Seven o'clock Saturday, we're going to have Good, Laura Jones. So everybody's excited to get you on here and talk about it. But first of all, it's it's Pepper Joe's. And of course, the website is pepperjoe.com. That's right, Ron. Yep, absolutely. And so it's uh, not Joe's, but Pepper Joe. Our company did the same thing. It's Nate Torps, but we left the S off on the website. So people, you know could... what? It, if you're if you're a little floppy <laughs> on the on the uh, typing it in, both will work. It so. still it still takes. I found that out. So yeah, but it's pepperjoe.com. So go there, and I'm going to tell folks first of all, get the catalog, get signed up for the newsletter, get the right. weekly information because you will absolutely love what comes to you every week. You'll be salivating. You won't know where to get started when it comes to growing peppers. But this is a place to start right here. So first of all, Laura Joe, tell us about Pepper Joe's. How did this all start? Yeah, you know, you said we've been around for a while, and it's true. We've been around since 1989, so over 25 years growing hot peppers, and it's been a terrific journey. It started off with the original Pepper Joe and uh, his father, Pepper Joe Sr., and they, you know, really grew this business with a passion around peppers that is, you know, hard hard to match in this world and uh, pretty colorful characters and if you go on our um, website pepperjoe.com you can see the videos that talk about how to grow hot peppers how to overwinter them and really take such good care of them so that's that's the history in a nutshell that started off you know with a passion for peppers and grew with recipes and growing tips and 
now, um, uh, I run it now. My name is, is Laura Joe, and Pepper Joe, the original, retired. He's with his grandchildren, but he's still, he's probably listening right now, to be perfectly honest. And you're going to get a phone call from a very colorful fellow um, <laughs> in the midst of this, I can only imagine, because he's, he's very closely involved. But at a certain point, um, he's retired to, to take care of grandchildren, and so we carry the torch and and move on with uh, with some really terrific peppers this year and and a new product I, I, I told you about that we just introduced that's uh, that's a fun one as well so yeah we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit yeah, so yeah. so pepper Joe just liked peppers yeah I mean I, I think peppers are one of these original uh, vegetables that you can do so much with right I mean you, sure you can put in chilies uh, sure you can roast them in the oven but you know every uh, cuisine across the entire world has some kind of pepper in it mm-hmm. and we we certainly focused on the super hots and you know I, I can share some of the ones that just blow your socks off and we have brand new ones this year like the um the sepia serpent and the big black mama and just some great great peppers but we also carry some ones with a little lighter heat so this year, one of the new ones we introduced is the Guam Boonie, which I just love saying. Uh, great, <laughs> I do too. A great Isn't name. Isn't that fun? Yeah. Isn't that fun? We had to put it on the back of a T-shirt because we just we just giggled at the office. It's like, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're selling the Guam Boonie. You know, it's just my kids get a riot, at, get a kick out of it too. Um, but the nice thing about the Guam Boonie is it's got this heat that kind of builds. It's very gentle. It's not you know, enormously hot. I mean, if you can handle kind of jalapenos from the grocery store, or maybe a few habaneros, a guambuni is kind of in that range. And so I bring that up just to say that while everybody knows us for being the place that, you know, first made the Carolina Reaper commercially available, and that's a, a big part of our claim to fame, we also carry these very delicate, slightly hot peppers that cover people who aren't quite ready to to walk into the dark side of the deepest and hottest peppers out there and they just want a little bit of warmth and a little bit of kick in their in their cooking and they love to grow and you know the thing I, i've always said about peppers and I, i've been growing them for a long time and i'm a big container gardener and Good. uh they do so well in containers yeah you know yeah. And, and i think folks that no matter you know whether you have a regular garden and, and i can do in, in-ground gardening too but whether you have a regular garden or you just have a patio or, you know, just a place to put a pot, you can grow peppers. In, and they lo- I think they all love growing in containers. They do. And I they look do. at it and say, you know, I look at peppers a couple ways. One is they're easy to grow and you yeah. get a nice production out of them. But two, they're a great-looking plant. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many peppers that have great foliage and great right. flowers. And then when the peppers come on, it's really cool just to look at them. If you never oh. ate the peppers, just as an ornamental plant. Right, right. Oh, you are so right, Ron. Yeah, some of these some of these peppers that we have are just downright pretty. I mean, we have these purple jalapenos that have a rich, rich color. We've got, um, you know, Bolivian rainbow peppers that when they grow, these are a cacophony of colors that are out there. And, and you're right, one plant in a container can produce enough peppers, really, for a family. I mean, maybe you're, you don't have quite enough to give to your neighbors, but um, maybe if you do a little trade and they, they grow some and you grow some, it could, it could all work out great. The other part about container gardening for super hot peppers, which you may or may not know, is the super hot peppers do very well overwintering. So I have one friend in Florida who has a, um, a Carolina Reaper from the very first batch, and he just takes it in, in his container, kind of inside and protects it in the winter and it keeps growing so it's now many many years well not many years three four years old now 
and it just keeps overwintering so well. So the nice thing about container gardening when you think about super hot peppers is you can make it work for more than one season. Yeah, and you know I've got we've got a couple of listeners here that will do that, and I think they've got uh, and they're the hot peppers. They'll, I think the one gentleman's probably going on four years now. Nice, where, nice. Or he's been taking those in like a sunroom. Yeah, and and yep. overwintering them, and getting a few peppers, they'll flower a little bit in the in the winter, but then taking yeah. them back out in the spring, and they fire right back up again and keep right on growing. Exactly, Ron. And if anybody is specifically interested in that, we do have a video that is specific on PepperJoe.com for how to overwinter your peppers. Yeah, you got to, so. again, go to the website. It's PepperJoe.com, first of all, and, and sign up for the catalog. And I'm going to say this. You're probably going to get mad at me, but just get the catalog even if you don't <laughs> grow peppers. It's pepper porn. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. yeah, it's great stuff, and you got to just get the catalog and get signed up for that because then you'll get you'll get multiple copies, and then you get get the newsletter coming to you. You once you start reading all this stuff, and then when you start watching the videos, you can't help but next thing you know, you become a pepperhead. It, it is fun, isn't it? It, so, and, it is, and, and I do think we care a lot about people who are starting to grow. So I know some of your audiences, they're longtime gardeners, but um, we introduced something new this year. It's a starter box for growing hot peppers. And the reason why we did that is we found some of our customers were, you know, longtime gardeners, like maybe the ones on your show, but they wanted to entice someone else to grow and they wanted to kind of get them started. So we have this starter box. It was terrific during the gift season, and we'll, we'll continue it, where it's got instructions. It's got seeds. It's got, you know, the, the right way to germinate. It's got little peat pellets. It's got, I mean, just some goodies to get you started and get you over that hump, because I think a lot more people would be growing if it didn't seem hard, if it felt like it was something that they could start really easily. And so we believe in that, and I love your show, because you obviously are giving folks a lot of great education about how to get started growing. Growing, and we believe in that as well. So our starter box on PepperJoe.com is perfect for a beginner gardener, whether it's yourself or you want to gift it to somebody and get them started. <laughs> Excellent. Let's take a quick break. We've got Laura Joe with us this morning. She's from Pepper Joe's. You've heard us talk about them for years and years and years. Go to the website. It's PepperJoe.com to learn more. We'll take a quick break. We come back. We'll talk about how they come up with some of these varieties, who makes the pick, and uh, which are some of her favorites. Laura Joe from Pepper Joe's, our special guest this morning, here in the garden with Ron Wilson. Make your yard the best on the block with a call to Ron at 1-800-823-TALK. This is In the Garden with Ron Wilson. Welcome back here in the garden with Ron Wilson and again our special guest this morning and I've been so excited to have uh, have her on our show. 25 years hot from Pepper Joe's. Laura Joe is our special guest this morning talking about those hot peppers and of course great website, great catalog, great source of pepper seeds 
And just so folks uh, don't they don't uh, forget is that you also offer because we're talking a lot about the hot peppers which are hot today. You also offer sweet pepper seeds and even a few do. tomatoes. We do, we do. So you know, we're an equal opportunity pepper eater. We eat the, <laughs> the, the mild peppers. We eat the the hot peppers. We eat sweet peppers. I mean, we have peppers coming out the yin yang in our house. It's it's lovely. And so, I mean, and, and sweet peppers are just like tomatoes. And gardeners know this: if you grow them yourself, they're going to taste better. Right? Oh yeah. Everything in the grocery store is so beat up and so so tired and and not fresh. I mean, we really all need to be growing, whether it's somebody who just has, you know, a little balcony and has some container pots or someone who's lucky to have more space and can really put in some great plants for the um, for the winter. We all need to be growing more. It's, it's really super important. And so we believe in that. And our peppers, I mean, some of the sweet ones, these like Italian uh, decornos mm-hmm. are just so terrific and you can stuff them or you can cut them up and put them in salads you can make them in every kind of dish that you could imagine and they'll just perk it up and and i think we all know that that's important and it's worth this time of year particularly i think all of your listeners are probably starting to think about their summer gardens but with peppers you know particularly hot peppers this is a perfect perfect time to get your seeds started so that you're ready for the for the big growing season. So um, um, this is perfect timing for us to be talking um, and, and getting folks thinking about what they want to do next summer. I noticed you added the uh, shishito Japanese pepper. <gasps> yes. Really becoming popular. We started growing that, I think, last year, and uh, boy, did that catch on in a hurry. Yeah, so for folks who haven't tried it, it's um, it's got a tiny bit of heat, right? Again, this is more of a um, a mild heat, mm-hmm. but it's um, you just have to blister it. That's the term they use in, in cooking for this. You just slightly blister it in a pan, and they are delicate, and they're really pretty. They're long and thin. They have these ribs to them, and they bring just a gentle heat. They're really great if you have um, mushrooms that you love, sort of some interesting, maybe... Um, you know, slice the mushrooms up in the pan with them, and a little now bit. Now you're of making me hungry. Well, I tell you, <laughs> seven. It's seven twenty-three in the morning, and I'm now you're making me hungry. Yeah, there we go. Well, you know, you could put them in your eggs, right? Oh, there you go. I, well, I always do. For, for that, though, yeah, yeah, they're terrific. And you mentioned the tomatoes. Um, you know, we we mostly are known, indeed, for our um, hot peppers. And for a while, um, we had uh, Penny's Tomatoes was kind of a sister company yeah. with us, and we have some of Penny's uh, tomatoes and. We continue to add a few, not as many as, as maybe in years past, but a few. And one we added this past year is a teaspoon tomato. Yeah, which the current are, tomatoes. Yeah, they're yeah. they're organic. They're like the size of, I don't know, they're bigger than a pea, but they're, what's what's a vegetable that's that tiny? They're just so cute. They're like, yeah, currants. They're little little grape size, and they're sweet. And I don't know if some of your listeners have kids. I do. But, um, and, you know, sometimes kids are a little skeptical about vegetables, but when they look like they are a snack and so adorable, they just, they're just they just easy for kids to, to just nosh on and feel like they are eating something fun, almost like a grape, when in reality it's a tomato. It's a it's tomato. And yeah. a lot of times with the kids, you get them, in, that's a great way to get kids involved with gardening, of course, give them a oh. container and let them grow something like this. And, of course, if they grow their own, chances are they're going to eat it as well. Right, so, right, and know. share it with their friends and, exactly. and get some uh, momentum going that way. So. Yeah, the the other parents love when your kids bring over fresh vegetables, right? I mean, yeah. that's that's what they've grown themselves. That's pretty pretty special. So. Look what they grew at their house. Why don't we yeah. grow this at our house? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, at Pepper Joe's, we 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 do love to get that 
love of gardening started and, and growing for people. Well, you can feel her enthusiasm. And again, if you go to their website, check out some of the videos and all, you will absolutely, you, you'll understand why. Because they do such a great job. It's Pepper Joe's. And of course, their website is pepperjoe.com. And uh, just wonderful. And again, like I said, get even if you don't grow peppers, get the catalog. Because I, I guarantee you, once you start getting the catalogs, you'll start growing uh, some of these peppers because they're outstanding. Now, let's get to the let's get to the heat of the matter here. <laughs> let's talk about some of these hot peppers. First of all, when the ghost pepper Jujulokia came along, what probably five or six years ago, a little longer than seven years. What got let's popular? Give it some credit. It's it started in India, right? Right. I mean, this is. This is a plant, when we talk about heirloom plants, when we talk about um, really healthy, fabulous seeds that have been around for the centuries, mm-hmm. you got to start with the Bujolokia because really, I mean, this, is, this isn't a new evolution. I mean, this is, you know, from the beginning of time, people have liked hot peppers, and in particular, the, um, the ghost pepper is the one that kind of came into the U.S. and started to open the door for others and really right. um, brought things along. So, you know, I think, um, I imagine your audience um, of gardeners loves the idea that they are bringing along this tradition of gardening that started so long ago, and, you know, the, the ghost pepper is part of that. And, I, you know, when I, I remember we first started growing it, and, of course, the first time I ever ate it, um, darn near killed me, but... <laughs> But you know you have to. We all have to do that, right? And we'll we'll talk. And we're going to take another break here and and come back with you again. But um, but I thought it was interesting that came along. And you know when you threw that out to everybody that here is a pepper that's rated around a million Scoville units, and they say, wow, what? what and, and if you're not familiar with Scoville units, you say, well, you, how many like jalapenos? You get everybody raise their hand and say, well, you know that's about twenty five hundred Scoville units. And they're like, what? I say, yeah, this is at a million. What? you got to be kidding me. Why would you grow something like that? Well, and that's the question we're going to ask you because we have to take a break here. And you'll stick with us, right? Yeah, Okay, take a little break here. When we come back, we'll find out why you want to grow something like the uh, Jute Jalokia, which is, uh, I think of all of them, is still my favorite as far as the flavor. Mm. But um, why the interest in all these hot peppers and what is the hottest pepper right now? Uh, we'll talk about that and uh, share some more information as well. Remember, she is Laura Joe. She, uh, as our, our uh, producer, Dr. Z, put on the screen, uh, the pepper princess, he said. Uh, I put her there as the pepper queen. Uh, but uh, talking about growing peppers, their website is pepperjoe.com. Be sure and check that out. And, again, sign up, get the, get the uh, catalog sent to you. Look at the videos, the whole nine yards. We come back. Uh, we'll finish up with, uh, with Laura Joe here. But we're going to talk about why the sudden, why the interest in the hot peppers. Talk about the hottest pepper that's out there, and you're going to be blown away when you see how many Scoville units here. And, of course, uh, some other things that they've come up with, like some uh, tasty treats, maybe even right in time for Valentine's Day. It's all happening here in the garden with Ron Wilson. Gardening questions? Ron has the answers at 1-800-823-TALK. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson.
Welcome back. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. And, of course, it is Pepperhead Day. And we have the Queen of the Pepperheads with us. Have you ever been called the Queen of the Pepperheads? I love that name. I'm going to have to tell my kids <laughs> that. Do you think they'll treat me better then? Uh, probably not. <laughs> the Queen of the Pepperheads, Laura Joe from Pepper Joe's. Their website is pepperjoe.com. 25 years hot. Talking about peppers. And uh, I have to get. we have to get into the hot pepper thing here. And I know we're running out of time. But, uh, um so the jujuloki, and of course I ate it, and you know I really liked, actually liked the flavor of that uh, for about a sixteenth of a second. Obviously, then your head explodes. But pepper, but taste wise, it really, and when you cut it up, the smell was so good. I want to just pop that thing in my mouth. It is, it is. It warms you from the inside. It, it? it really does. But then, as we've worked our way along through all of these, the scorpion and all of them, and now up to the hottest pepper in the world, the Carolina Reaper. I right. I feel like we've lost the flavor. Is that just me? I think that's just you, Ron. Okay. You need to dive into this. In a well, I I'll, I'll give you an example with the Carolina Reaper. So the Carolina Reaper is, the, as you say, the world record holder, right? Right. The 1.599 Scoville, okay. right? Right. And so think about that, 1.599 million Scoville, excuse me. So I think you're being a little generous on those jalapenos that you find at the grocery store. I think they're closer to 1,500. Well, yeah, yeah, okay. Right? Yeah. So if you think of a 1,500 jalapeno versus a 1.5 million Carolina Reaper, I mean, that is a just a, a huge contrast. And you're right. You might lose a little flavor it, having that much heat. It's pretty hard to differentiate. So what we've done is we actually have some sister peppers to the Carolina Reaper. So we have a yellow Carolina Reaper, and we have a chocolate Carolina Reaper. Mm. And they have a little bit different taste. So the yellow has a little bit of a citrus, a little bit of a citrus note. It's not quite as hot. Mm -hmm. It's kind of down, maybe closer to a million Scoville. And the chocolate Carolina Reaper has this kind of rich, smoky flavor to it. And we sell the three of them together in this Reaper Madness three-pack, which just we introduced last year it just took off like crazy and that's a great way to have a little bit of sort of tonal complexity when you have these these intense heats so that's that's an interesting one to look at um another new one that has some um really interesting flavor elements is the sepia serpent and uh so that that's a great one um it's only at a million scoville units sorry everybody you know it's only a million Scruffing along with that. Um, Jay's Peach. So we have a peach. Now I want to ask you about the, the peach yeah. ghost. Yeah, and the peach ghost. So these are ones where you have a little bit of different notes to it. It's a little fruitier in the case of the peach uh, ghost. And part of it is also, as you said before, it's like how beautiful is it growing. But then when you eat it, you know, you get a little bit of a variety there and the color of what you cook. And uh, the, the peach ghost has a sort of ephemeral kind of uh, light color to it that just, you know, it might look friendly, but <laughs> be careful, kids. This one's going to blow your socks off unless you're you're really of the of the crazy category that can just nosh on a Carolina Reaper, which there are few and far between who can do that. Not me. Darn, that did darn near kill me. I did that about two years ago, and it was horrible. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. There's good videos on that. I mean, there's, there's yeah. humor to this as well. Well, we had and to turn ours off because I took my breath away. I mean, I really literally couldn't talk for about 15 seconds, so. Tough and and you do have to be careful if you grow them. You don't want kids to exactly. kind of stumble across it. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you have to be a little wary of such things. So anyway, so this this hot pepper craze, I mean, where's it going to end? I mean, the Carolina Reaper, oh, awesome. uh, you know, is it going to get, you know, can it, is it going to get any hotter? 
you know, that folks are constantly working on it. We, I have a grower who's got, um, who got, who's got something cooking. We've, we've tested it. It's pretty interesting. There's a folks in uh, Louisiana has something that's, that's in the works. I mean, everybody thinks about it and, you know, what can, what can we do to, to make it even hotter? So it is a, it's a stay tuned category where people are constantly innovating and it's, it's people like your listeners, right? It's people who have a passion for gardening. This mm-hmm. isn't something – this whole hot pepper stuff is not about big companies. This is about real people, a lot of them in the U.S., doing incredibly innovative stuff in a place they love called the garden. And it's, it's wonderful, wonderful to see. It's yeah. such an American experience. I, I have just loved everything about it. And, and our customers, oh, my goodness, they are so funny. I mean, I, I learn things about hot peppers all the time. So there was a customer that called just yesterday. He placed his order. Last year I talked to him and this year. And he is convinced that eating hot peppers has cured his migraines. No kidding. Well, you know, yes. they, they are seeing a lot of things like that. And, of course, they're right. very healthy and they're very good for you, too. They, they are. And, so, and for a long time people have been writing about the heart health. Right. This particular fellow, he suffered from migraines for 25 years. And then he started to slowly introduce hot peppers so hot peppers has have caspasin is mm-hmm. the ingredient and i'm sure you could probably at this point get it in some nasty little little bottle but we all as gardeners love to grow it right and right. that's what's in the hot peppers and he is convinced that this is what helps him so he grows a big crop every year and then he freezes the peppers we've got a nice video on how to take care of that some instruction on our pepperjoe.com um uh website on how to how to freeze your peppers so that you have them during the winter months and he eats a, a super hot pepper, and he swears that's why he doesn't have migraines anymore. And I tell you, I don't know if it's true, but for if you talk to him, you would know it's true because <laughs> he is so convinced. Yeah. And it's fabulous, and it's healthy for you. So yeah. whether it's for your heart health, whether it's for flavor, whether it's Digestive for... Digestive system, uh, the whole nine yards. Yeah, you got exactly. It. I mean, you know, we all need to eat more vegetables in our life, but these have some special special parts to them that really make you uh, a better person. I agree with you 100%. Laura Joe with us this morning. She is the Pepperhead Queen, of course, of Pepper Joe's. Their website is pepperjoe.com. We've got a couple minutes to go here. I, I, I want to make sure we mention this Raging Reaper chocolate bar. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I said we had Reaper Madness, which is the pack where you get, you know, the chocolate yellow and and red uh, pepper uh, Carolina Reapers, right? And so then we thought, so let's think about what else we could do for these crazy Carolina Reaper fans. And um, we love chocolate. Who doesn't? And so we found this um, artisan chocolatier. So, you know, we're experts on peppers, but not on chocolate. So we found um, someone who uh, makes sort of small batch, and we brought them... Um, some Carolina Reaper powder from uh, ones that we had grown, and they concocted it and came up with a few different versions and found this fabulous chocolate. So it's it's mm-hmm. really great quality chocolate, right? Mm-hmm. Artisan chocolate, and then it has Carolina Reaper powder in it. So the combination we call it the Raging Reaper chocolate bar, where the we we just introduced it literally, you know, a couple weeks ago maybe, and it's <laughs> we already had to reorder. It's it's been Good. flying off. So it's terrific and you know it's going to take a few few months before your seeds grow into peppers so this is a way for you to kind of have something in, in the interim if you're a grower it's the raging uh, reaper chocolate bar and you can get it at pepper right. joe's go to their websites pepperjoe.com tell I, I love this tell everybody what state you're in so we are in massachusetts actually but we sell i mean we've been around for whatever it is 28 years so we sell globally and but i just think it's i think of peppers when i first realized you guys were in massachusetts 
I said, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to grow, be in, in the South to grow hot peppers. Right. They right, do it in Massachusetts. Exactly. Now, you weren't you weren't celebrating the Super Bowl last on Sunday, were you? <laughs> there were a few people in my house who were happy. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so they're in Massachusetts, but uh, I, they do a great job. Hey, I really appreciate you spending time with us this morning. I know you got to go. I really do appreciate it. Again, their website Absolutely. is pepperjoe.com. Check out the Raging Reaper chocolate bar to hold you through until your peppers start growing and producing. Laura, right. Joe, thank you so much for the time oh, you spent with thank us. Thank you, Ron. This was a treat, an absolute treat. We really appreciate it. 25 years hot. Pepper Joe's. And again, the website is pepperjoe.com. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. We'll open the phone lines up for you. It's 800-823-8255. It's all happening hot here in the garden with Ron Wilson. Landscaping made easier with your personal yard boy. He's in the garden, and he's Ron Wilson. Welcome back here in the garden with Ron Wilson. Can you believe that Pepper Joe, PepperJoe.com. Get their get their catalog. Get get on the uh, website. You'll you'll really appreciate it. I guarantee if you don't grow peppers, you will um, after you you uh, take a look at what they do there. It's unbelievable. Um, and you can tell by Laura Joe, very fired up. Back to the gardening phone lines we go at 800-823-8255. Chris in Cincinnati. Good morning. Uh, morning, Ron. Yes, sir. Uh, love your show. Listen every week. Thank you. Yep. Uh, yeah, I had uh, really bad uh, luck starting seeds in my garage last year, so I wondered what uh, you might think was the best way to start seeds indoors. Uh, last year, I made like a mini greenhouse. Mm-hmm. I used like one and a half uh, inch square plastic uh, trays, and I maintained the temperature at 70 with like low power light bulbs underneath, and I turned them on and off just to keep it at 70. And then I put the trays under like two 40 watt Grolux bulbs. But uh, I just had very poor germination, and uh, what did grow would get up to about an inch, and, the, and then it would die. So I don't know if it was too wet or too much fertilizer, or, or I, I couldn't imagine what I was doing wrong. Yeah, you got it. I think, well, a couple of things I look at. One is how long were you keeping the lights on? Uh, I just leave them on continuous. Right. On the on the grow lights, do it about fourteen to sixteen hours. Okay. And keep those lights about uh, two to four inches above the foliage okay. itself. So as they grow, you have to keep moving it up. Okay. Um, once the seedlings are started, and they and most of them usually like that, and depends on what you're growing. That seventy to seventy five degree range okay. for starting. Um, once once don't, the don't ahead. have to cycle the temperature. No, once and once they once they germinate and start to grow, yeah, you don't have to worry about the temperature underneath so much anymore. Okay, all right, because um, it'll it'll kind of hang in there for you, but um, but you still want to keep the temperatures around seventy degrees or so above that. I guess uh, the other thing to take a look at on, on top, yeah, on top. Oh, okay. 
And then the other thing to look at is, you know, if you've got a mini greenhouse, are you getting airflow in there? Okay. And a lot of times that airflow becomes a very important factor. Even if you're inside the house growing on a windowsill with a grow light over top, I still suggest to folks to put a desk, a little mini fan or something, away from the plants, but keep the air moving around them at all times. What that does, you'll get slight movement in the plants, and it actually helps to keep them a little bit stockier. It also helps to cut down on root rot because a lot of times it will help that soil kind of dry out a little bit better for you as the air is moving. Yeah. Keeps it it changing around. If you go in in a greenhouse where they're growing these seedlings, You'll always see those fans up in the top. Yep, I've seen those. That's what's moving. It's just moving the air. That's all it's doing. It's not cooling or anything. It's just moving the air. Okay. Very, very important. And I think, you know, all of those. And then feeding-wise, you know, water-soluble probably is what you're going to use. But, again, you you make sure you don't overfeed. Okay. Uh, And that can cause them to stretch as well. But typically the lack of light, uh, temperatures probably, you know, as long as you're keeping around 70, you should be good to go. Uh, and that, that air movement, I think, is just so so important. Yeah, I think I probably got them too wet. I was thinking about trying that uh, burpee self-watering tray because uh, I think it absorbs and and uh, only keeps them as wet as they need to be. Yeah, I think that's those are those are good. And, and you know, if someone's starting like in a greenhouse or whatever, they'll actually use a misting system. Okay. So they're misting. So I always said I will water seedlings, or I think my the best way to water is with a hand mister. So that you've got that hand mister, and you can use lukewarm water and mist the soil. So you're misting the plants, and you're misting the soil as well, and watering that way rather than pouring water in there. And that seems to be an easier way to not overwater okay. by using the mister rather than actually pouring water. I, I have not used excuse me, the self-watering uh, like you're talking about, but at least it's something that, you know, I think I like the idea. I like the thought behind it. Yeah. Yeah, I but, think it's a good idea. I'm going to give it a try. Yeah, but once once those seeds germinate and they start to grow, the sides come off of that uh, that mini greenhouse, and now it's you know you open it back up and the okay, air movement so, and that type of so, thing. So once uh, once they're up, don't uh, keep them enclosed. Exactly. Okay. And the temperature again important to keep that in that 70 degree you know range. On top. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, okay. Maybe I get a little uh, uh, heater behind my uh, fan. Yeah. Yeah, that would work. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Okay, well, keep up the good work. All right, thank you. Good talking to you. And then let's talk to Shel- uh, Selma. Shelma, good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm good, and you? Well, I couldn't be better. Good. I would love to see your your spread. I would love to visit or see pictures of where you live. You don't want to see where I live. You know, it's, it's the old, uh, it's like with a shoemaker with the kids. The kids yeah. didn't have any shoes. Yeah. 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 That's me. That's like my husband's a pastry chef, and everybody says, boy, I bet he makes you beautiful, wonderful things. <laughs> well, he he washes every bite I put in my mouth, and I would eat. I would get all my, my food at Grater's. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, tell me, Steve, we we live along the river, mm-hmm. on river, you know, on the on Riverside Drive. Mm-hmm. And we have all sorts of deer and geese, and but my husband is Mother Nature himself. But I would like to be in on the game. And um, can you recommend some kind of enclosure where the rabbits and the deer won't won't get into your 
to your plants? Yeah, I mean, like if we had a vegetable garden behind our house, mm-hmm. I think we'd get eaten alive, don't you? Probably, but I tell you, Shama, this is this is the way I would look at it. If you were really in a high uh, wildlife area and you want to grow vegetables or fruits or whatever it may be, the only sure cure to keep them out is a physical barrier of screening um, or something like that. And and what you can do, and there are folks that do this all the time, and we're seeing it more and more, um, where they're fighting with the deer and fighting with the rabbits and the squirrels, is where they're actually making a small garden area, whether it be a four by 10, 4 by 12, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and literally caging it in with fencing mm-hmm. so that they can't, those critters can't get in. And you would open it up and walk through the gate and go inside and close it up. Now, you could go on a smaller level and do build like a raised bed, put hoops over the top of it, and then on top of that hoop, put nylon netting, put uh, poultry. Which my father-in-law used to do yeah. and, and, and make incredible berries and stuff like that. Yeah, and, and, and do that and then hinge it so you can just pick it up, harvest, and put it back down. That wait keeps a minute, wait a minute. Hinge what and pick those, what up? Those hoops that we put over the top of the raised beds, Yeah, you could actually make those out of uh, metal or PVC, mm-hmm. the plastic pipe, mm-hmm. and actually hinge them on one side so that you actually would lift it up like a lid. Yeah. Harvest and then set it right back down on the top of the raised bed again, but those physical barriers—that's the only sure cure when it comes to you know when you want a garden where you've got a lot of wildlife as well. How that, high would a raised bed need to be to keep a deer out? It, it, the raised bed isn't keeping the deer out. The raised bed is just raising it up so it's easier for you to garden. Okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then all you're doing is putting that lid on top. Which I would say like a three or four foot high. You mean it's for hoop. real a lid? Well, it's a it's a a hoop made out of of metal or plastic, and you cover that hoop like a greenhouse. But you would cover it with with chicken wire, nylon netting, something like that, so How that it's cool is that? it's open, it's airy, everything can still flow through, but the critters can't, and it sits flat on top of your raised bed. So, and if one side is hinged, you actually open up the lid. Get inside to do what you need to do and put it right back down again. You've now created that physical barrier to keep the critters out. That's fabulous. It takes a little bit of an investment, a little bit of work to do that, but it can be done. And like I say, I see many more and more folks just taking a small area and literally caging the whole thing in that you can walk inside and caging top sides all the way around with a little gate that you walk inside and actually doing that to, to keep the critters out because they want to garden. And that's the only way. I mean, there's repellents and all that stuff, and they do help. But, again, it's the physical barriers that are the the sure cures for those things. Appreciate you calling. We've got to take a break. We come back. We're going to do peppers round two. Cayenne Diane is going to talk to us about the pepper business. She's more into the sauces and foods and things like that. But we're going to talk to Cayenne Diane and find out what's going on in her pepper world as well. Can't wait to talk to her. As a matter of fact, she's on the West Coast. Promised me she wouldn't go out last night because out there they're three hours behind us. Yikes, but she's going to get up and join us here in the garden with Ron Wilson. Gardening questions? Ron has all the answers at 1-800-823-TALK. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson.
Our toll-free number here in the garden, same as it is every Saturday morning, 800-823-8255. Good morning. I am Ron Wilson, your personal yard boy, talking about yardening. And, of course, today is Pepper Day, talking about peppers and growing peppers and hot peppers and the whole nine yards. And I found another website that is just absolutely outstanding. If you want to learn about how to use peppers and all kinds of pepper products and the whole nine yards, here's another great one. It's called CayenneDiane.com. CayenneDiane.com. And with us this morning, and she got up extra early just to join us on our show this morning, is Cayenne Diane. Good morning. Good morning. Good Thank to ha- you for having me. Good to have you on our show. And it's just so everybody knows, it's what, uh, 5 o'clock out there? It is. It yeah. is on the West Coast. Yes. On the West Coast. <laughs> we, we appreciate you getting up. All right. So the website is yep. Di- uh, com. Uh, tell us a little bit about your website and how this all got started. Oh, let's see. Um Mostly, yeah, the website is about hot peppers. Um, I had a friend a few years ago. We started it in 2012. And uh, it started because a friend was looking, trying to identify a hot pepper and was searching all over the web and couldn't find anything that was good, you know, with photos and info. So I was like, well, I guess I'll build it. And it started from that. So at that point, pretty small. Well, did you have any interest Mm -hmm. in peppers at the time or was that just because of Uh, your friend? no, I always love spicy food. Yes, I, I I eat peppers on everything. So yes, it just seemed like a natural thing to do. Okay, so so you started doing your because I'll tell you when you go to your website again, it's cayennediane dot com. I think the first thing that that I found, and I I don't know if I was how I got this originally searching, was that great list you have that describes the pictures, right. describes and all of the Scoville units. From the from the get go up to the hottest pepper that's out there. I mean, you've got them all listed there. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, no. There's there's a. There's, I need to add so many more peppers. Well, yeah, but I mean, you've got. When I started. Yeah. There's so. Yeah, it, it took some time to build. <laughs> so and so if you're if anybody's looking and and Diane's already done the research for you here, looking to learn more about the different peppers and their Scoville units, et cetera, et cetera, and great pictures of them. Here's a great, uh, great uh, list, and you can download this. Go to the website and, uh, of course, sign up for the newsletter, which I get your newsletter and great info there as well. But sign up for that, and then uh, then you will be able to download that thing and print it out. It's absolutely outstanding. Yeah, yeah. people had requested um, an ebook or a printable because it's not it'd be uneasy to print it out. So I built that, and that's available when you sign up for the newsletter for free. Um, I also have the entire list on Pinterest. Mm-hmm. If anyone uses Pinterest and wants to pin those peppers, they're there as well. Just for me or search for Big List of Hot Peppers. Um, a lot of people use it on Pinterest as well. Okay. Now, do, do you grow peppers or you just go and, and buy the I peppers? I do. Okay. I do. I grow peppers. Um, I started mainly because of this website. Uh, there was just a lot of pepper photos I needed. You know, people would even tell me of peppers and there was no info online. So I tracked down seeds grew them, tasted them so I could write about them, so I could photograph them. Um, and so many I grow, you know, just because I like them. But uh, it's for research. So every season I do completely different peppers. So every year you're, you're doing something different so you can experiment, find out what they taste like, what they look like, take a few exactly. pictures, and then grow from there. Now, I, I noticed exactly. on your website you also you list all of the pepper festivals that are going on around the country. I'm assuming you attend those as well? I'm trying. I have been to um, the oh yeah the hot sauce expo here in Long Beach mm-hmm. last summer, and 
I'm sorry, it went to the Hat Chili Festival in New Mexico over the summer as well, which is great. So, so you're getting, and trying to get. Go ahead. Trying to get some more. Yeah, good. <laughs> and there's and again, there's so many listed here, including uh, you got to get out to the one in Australia. Oh, yes. <laughs> you have to get that one on your list to get out to that one. So, anyway, that type of information you'll find on this website. Uh, again, all about the peppers, the Scoville units, uh, the whole nine yards. But then you all, then you get into recipes, how to use the peppers, uh, products that you can buy from you that the peppers are in as well. Right. So I don't have a lot of uh, products from me. I just have one that I do as a subscription. Right. Um, but, yeah, there are a lot of recipes. I try to include, yeah, just creative ways to use peppers. And they are great. They are great recipes. As a matter of fact, the uh, hot pepper jelly recipe, the spicy, sweet and spicy pickled habaneros, it just goes on and on and on. So if you're growing peppers, Cayenne Diane has gathered mm-hmm. up great information for you um, that you can get these recipes as well to continue to figure out ways to use these. Why, why do you think Cayenne Diane... The sudden, and you know, and I say sudden, it's been over the last three or four years, really five years, it's come on strong. Why the interest in these really extremely hot peppers? Yeah, that is a good question. I mean, I know people's palates are just getting, wanting more and more spice. Um, it's funny, the, I don't, I can't do this, it's way too crazy, but uh, it's a competition. You, you can get famous um, for having the hottest pepper in the world, and, you know, like right now, it's uh, the Carolina Reaper, and that that company, yeah, it's just you know they're huge. Well, yeah, oh yeah, and of course you, you know we 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 have a greenhouse and of course a, a, a nursery here that we uh, we grow. Uh, I think we're up to about eighty varieties of peppers that we grow. But it's amazing those uh-huh. those top. Uh, I think you list uh, on your website the twelve hottest peppers in the world. We probably grow half of those, right. and it's amazing how quickly those sell out. Everybody's into those extremely hot peppers, and you know, I I have to admit the the, the ghost pepper to me has the best flavor at a million Scoville units, and you get up to that Carolina Reaper at you know sometimes pushing that two million Scoville units. Um, I don't see the flavor there. Well, I, I guess I just you know once you get to that point. <laughs> I don't get it anymore. I absolutely agree with you. The ghost pepper is, I love the flavor of that pepper. You know, and you put it in salsas and stuff, just a small amount, adds a great amount of heat and has, like, such a good flavor. Um, that's probably the hottest I go. Is, is the ghost pepper? Yes, exactly. Yeah. I do like that one. Cayenne Diane is our special guest this morning. Her website is com. Uh, and again, it's great information. And just go there and check it out. Sign up for her newsletter. Um, you'll get that. You get the, uh, of course, she's got the heat seeker box and then all the great recipes, um, the whole nine yards. I would imagine you, uh, with the heat seeker box around uh, Valentine's Day, been kind of busy? Christmas was the busy, busy season. Oh, yeah. Christmas would be a good yeah. time for that as well. Christmas. Yes. Yes. A lot of people. I think, of, yeah, a lot of people. We're almost, because, uh, it's the quarterly subscription box, so it only comes out four times a year, and we are right now gearing up for the spring box, which ships at the end of the month. And so what, what will we so find in that? that together. Okay, what will we find in that spring box? I said, well, we always have hot sauces in each box. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, I'm trying to do something different in each box. Um, this year, I just tracked down really interesting uh, hot arrow chipotle sea salt. So that Ooh. will be in the box. 
Interesting. Um, yeah, it sounds really good. So, so and I always do peppers. So you always have some peppers in there, some maybe some hot yes. sauces, the the sea salt, yes. things like that. So do you? I mean, so, box is different. Okay, and you do a lot of reviews on these different hot sauces and things as well. Um, I yeah, I used to. Okay. I haven't been doing it so much lately, but um, I have to taste them all for the box. I have so many hot sauces; it's kind of ridiculous. Um, yes, for research purposes again. <laughs> Strictly for research purposes. <laughs> I, it's a tough job. Someone's got to do it. But somebody <laughs> has to do it. Well, I'll tell you what. You've done some great research. Your website is outstanding. The recipes and, and all are there. Um, if you'd like, and, and again, the, the chart that you have there is uh, is super, super great information. For folks that want to learn more about it and see what all you've, you've done for your research and having fun doing, again, the website is Diane. Dot com and then you say this next uh, box is the spring box will be coming out when? It's March first. Around March the first, so you can get to get yourself mm-hmm. online there as well. Well, I appreciate you getting up early mm-hmm. this morning and talking to us about this great website and all the great things you're doing to promote hot peppers and spicy things. And uh, we hope to get more people out there to check it out and to stay in touch with us. All right, yeah, sounds great. All right, thank you. Good talking to you again. It's Cayenne Diane. And uh, that's the website, CayenneDiane.com. And check out this, seriously, the the the, uh, the uh, listing that she has there with the Scoville units and the pictures. Absolutely outstanding. Great reference for you. And then, of course, she has all the, uh, she has the Heat Seeker box, and she has all these great recipes, many of which I have already started to print out that I will try to use this summer as we continue to grow some of our hot peppers. Quick break. We come back. Phone lines are open for you. 800-823-8255 here in the garden with Ron Wilson. How is your garden growing? Call Ron now at 1-800-823-TALK. You're listening to In the Garden with Ron Wilson. Welcome back. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. Again, that toll-free number, 800-823-8255. It is uh, Valentine's Day weekend, so to speak. Valentine's Day is Tuesday. Go to our website. It's ronwilsononline.com. You will find a couple things for you there. One, you'll find uh, our plant of the week this week. We have actually two plants of the week. One is uh, miniature roses. I love and highly suggest using miniature roses as a gift or part of the gifts for Valentine's Day. Reason being is... These are things that will continue to grow. And what a lot of folks don't realize is that miniature roses that you buy 
wherever they sell plants this time of the year that are available, nice little foil around them, good flowers. You can actually keep those inside as a house plant, grow them on through the February and March, and in April, when the weather starts to break, acclimate them, take them outside, plant them in a container, plant them in the ground. They're hardy for our area. It's a hardy rose, and they'll continue to flower for you off and on all summer long, stay dwarf, usually less than knee high, uh, and do a great job. As Joe Strecker, our executive producer, mentioned this morning in the Cup of Joe, um, several years ago he got one for Valentine's Day for his wife. Uh, they kept it through the winter and then got it outside, planted it in the springtime, and it, it lasted, he said, three or four years. I don't know what happened to it, but uh, it lasted three or four years out in their garden and flowered every year for them. So miniature roses, great gift that you know keeps on giving all winter long and, again, can plant it outside and keep on giving as well. African violets, cyclamen, primrose, Gerber daisies, daisies, and, of course, orchids. You see orchids available everywhere, and they're very reasonably priced. Those flowers will last for a long, long time uh, and easy to take care of. Orchids are not hard to grow. Great Valentine's Day gift as well. And you can combine those with the jewelry or the candy or the other cut flowers if you want. But I just always say give the gift that keeps on giving. And that would be something living, growing in a container. And there are many, many things available for you. Now, if you're looking to buy roses, maybe cut roses or whatever, for your sweetheart for Valentine's Day, don't forget the color of the roses mean an awful lot. And if your sweetheart knows the uh, meaning of the different colors of roses, you better be careful what color you're buying because you could be sending the wrong message. Uh, of course, red is the traditional I love you rose. Always keep that one in mind. But all of the rest of them have all kinds of uh, uh, different meanings, especially the orange rose, or, which is my favorite figures. Orange roses evoke energy, can indicate enthusiasm, passion, desi- desire, uh, passionate romance, the whole nine yards. You've got to be careful with that orange one, all right? You don't just give that one to just anybody. And then, of course, the green roses just a good neutral, thank you, happy Valentine's Day kind of a rose that uh, works, and you can find those uh, out there for you as well. But, again, if you're buying cut roses, make sure you check the colors. You know what I do every year? If I, if, if I buy roses, and fortunately my wife is not a rose lover, she would rather have something growing or carnations or a spring bouquet or something like that. She'll take the roses, but not one of her favorites. But if I would buy roses, I would get a mix of colors because I am one crazy mixed-up dude. Get it? But anyway, check the colors so that you make sure that uh, you aren't sending the wrong message. And one last thing on that uh, plan of the week. The other plan of the week that I have chosen, because we have two, and you can find both of these at our website. It's ronwilsononline.com. is timely for two reasons. One is because um, it's Valentine's Day. And two, with Valentine's Day coming up next week, it's also the kickoff of the skunk mating season. Now, with the warmer weather we've had in our area, skunks uh, have been active, pretty active for the last couple weeks, the males anyway, looking for love in all the wrong places and already starting to smell and see them on the side of the roads. So my point is twofold. One is the plant is skunk cabbage. Really cool plant, comes up in the wooded areas. Uh, read more about it. It's it's a very interesting plant. Uh, it melts the snow around it if there's snow. Uh, it's really neat. Uh, very unusual plant. 
Um, but it's called Skunk Cabbage, and it comes up this time of the year. So be sure and check it out at ronwilsononline.com. It's not a true cabbage. Um, has that? It looks like a, a hood that comes up with a flower inside of it. Um, but it's, it's, it's got a lot of good history to it. But read about skunk cabbage, and you may see some as you're walking through the woods. Um, but also is to remind you that it is skunk mating season on a, on a serious basis. Had a friend uh, last week let the dog out. Dog came back in before she could stop it, and it had been sprayed with a skunk. And I did a nice number inside their home with a skunk scent. So um, be careful. Skunks are basically nocturnal. When those males are out and about, they could be walking through your backyard. They could be walking through your front yard. They could be walking down the street. They could be trying to cross the road, trying to find that love. And if you come upon them and startle them at nighttime with the dog or out jogging or walking or happen to be driving the car, uh, they don't see very well. Uh, I think they're, they're far-sighted, near-sighted. I don't remember which one. But anyway, they don't see very well. So a lot of times they'll stop and stand up at a car because they don't know what's coming at them, and they get hit by the car. That's why you see so many of them over the next three or four weeks on the road because they're out traveling, looking around. So be careful at nighttime. Watch for those skunks. When you're walking a dog, you might want to make sure you've got a flashlight with you and maybe something to make a little noise, put a little ringer bell or something on the dog to maybe make the skunks go another direction. And, of course, you make noise as well to help hopefully keep them moving on to another direction so you don't get sprayed. By the way, when you do smell the scent of skunk this time of the year, it could be that it got hit on the road, fell down in a window well possibly, or, believe it or not, if they have a female that doesn't like them and they don't want to mate with them, the female will spray the male. Yeah, so it could be a male that did find love in the wrong place and got chased away. Be careful. Valentine's Day, skunk mating season, they go hand in hand. Now you know why Pepe Le Pew was on your Valentine's Day's card. Here in the garden with Ron Wilson. Gardening has never been easier with gardening solutions from Ron at 1-800-823-TALK. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. Welcome back. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. Again, that toll-free number, 800-823-8255. Randall in Ohio, good morning. Good morning, Ron. How are you, sir? Great. I know you're a big fan of Poxitani Phil. Absolutely. My barometer for, for spring, very close, is watching for the robins. I had 100 in my yard yesterday. Really? Yes. They're you, back in. They're coming back. You know, I... Now that you said, I just kind of hesitated there for a second because I'm trying to think. I don't think I have seen a robin. Now I'm going to have to start looking. Yeah, I mean, 
I know what, I, I mentioned this a few years ago, and you said, you know what? I was coming on the interstate, and you're right on the on the on the burn. And the hill, they were on the hillside. Two hundred on the hillside. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's my barometer to know it's close. <laughs> you know, and you know, the first thing I thought of was seeing all that because that was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Because I looked on that hillside, and they were just scattered. They were all on that hill. It was on the south side, so they were getting warmed up. I'd never seen so many robins in one little spot there, but I I have not. I don't recall seeing any. I like the idea about the miniature roses. I think that's my hit for Valentine's Day. I appreciate it. Hey, you know it really does work, and you can plant those outside, and it's a it's the gift that keeps on giving. Thank you, sir. All right, Randall. Always a pleasure. I I was talking to him about three years ago. I was having to be driving along the road, having to stop in traffic. It was about this time of the year, maybe a little bit later, and I looked over, and there was a hillside with some ground cover. It was just filled with robins. Unbelievable. And I, I just sat there and I, I couldn't believe it, uh, how many were there. But I have to I have to admit, I have not, uh, as I look around, I don't think I've seen any out there. So back to the guiding phone lines we shall go. Let's see here. Um, Dick and Dayton, good morning. Uh, oh. no more. Is this the Gary Sullivan show? Uh, no, ma'am. Hang on just a second here. Let's go back. Oh, I think we dropped. Uh, let see. He's. We got it lining up here. Anyway, in the meantime, till we get Dick ready to go, our producer asked me uh, this week about the Japanese robot bees and wanted to know if I had seen that story. As a matter of fact, I think we posted it on our website uh, back in the fall of 2016. It looks like, and for some reason, the news story kind of broke out this past week, and I think it got a lot of play on Facebook possibly as well. But I think it's interesting that, you know, doing all this research for the pollinators and, of course, the bees and the whole nine yards. But on top of that, researchers are actually developing small drone-like bees that can go out and actually pollinate flowers. Yep. Can you believe that? And they are bee-like drones. Uh just Google uh, Google Japanese robot bees, and you will find that. And we had a post it last year on our website, and I don't, you'd have to go back too far. But uh, check it out. But they are actually coming up with a with the drones, these little bitty miniature drones that are size of bees that can actually go around and do the pollinating. How they control those, I have no idea. But uh, they're actually working on things like that to help supplement um for the decline in pollinators out there and specifically the bees um to help um supplement where they can't uh, get the bees there so isn't that interesting now that would be kind of neat in the in california when the in the almond grows because you know they bring in millions and millions of bees to pollinate the almond groves and if they didn't you wouldn't have almonds uh but that would be interesting if they could actually have those little robot bees that they could bring in there little drones and they could go in, and then they could, you know, when it's all said and done, they could sit back and have little drone beef fights and all kinds of little stuff afterwards, too. So they could transform into something different. You know, who knows what it could do. But kind of interesting. But, yes, I guess it broke this week some news on Facebook or something. But Japanese robot bees, be sure and check it out. Back to the guarding phone lines we go. Dick and Dayton, have you ever heard of Japanese robot bees? That's a that's a new thing in the garden center, huh? Can you imagine that? These little bitty drones flying around your plants, pollinating them for you. Oh my gosh! It's, it must be a new uh, <laughs> new uh, garden technology uh, trick. I guess <laughs> I don't know. I tell you what. So is spring ready at the at the your home your uh, home improvement store? Yeah, we're getting everything. 
everything ready. Yeah, everything. We're out there. I was helping build the little racks. We got some mulch. Some of the people, you know, we let the door open out there. And, uh, yeah, we're getting ready for it. It should be. We opened the doors around March 29th. About March, you know, March 29th. You're going to open those doors up, have all the tables filled up with all kinds of colorful things and ready to go. Ready to go. Have all the and mulch. Excuse me out there, you know, with my boss. She's She's been in uh, meetings, you know, and she always says, uh, Dick from Dayton, and uh, we got the store meeting come up. You're going to go out there and you're going to sell, 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 and be a gardening <laughs> specialist. I got to ask. I love it. I got to ask you this question, though. On your, on your name badge, does it say Dick from Dayton? Nope. You got to have. It's just. They called me at the store. What? It's kind of it's kind of cute. There was a guy down in Dayton. He was major, you know, Dick Taylor. They called him the Dixter. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody calls me at work the Dixter, but you know, Clear Channel, iHeartRadio in Cincinnati knows me as Dick, and you know, up, you know, around the state as Dick from Dayton. Sure. Well, I bet I bet if you put that on your name badge, you would have people coming up to you saying, "So you're Dick from Dayton." Yeah, well, you know, when, when we go to the concerts, Dick Allen, a lot of people come see me, you know, and they, they say, I want to hear Dick from Dayton do a song. It, it's, it's it's unique, Ron. It's really nice to have fans. You're, you legend, you're legendary, my man. Well, well, thank you. Thank you. I love your show, man. It's always great. I hope, you know, to get up there to see you guys or you, you guys stop down to see me here in Beaver Creek sometime. We're, someday we're going to surprise you. Gary, Jeff, and I are going to show up, and you're going to be just blown away because we'll both be standing there finding out where oh. Dick, and, Dick and Dayton are. We're going to go get on the PA system and page you. Yeah, yeah. I told you my family, you know, my cousin, she gardens up in North Olmstead. Right. My aunt and my uncle was a – my Uncle Carl, I miss him. He was a true gardener. And my grandmother, she was from Midley. She lived in Lorain County. She had the biggest garden. She had grapes and cucumbers, tomatoes, and uh, she she was quite a quite a uh, grandmother. And the most thing she remembers for us, my my cousin, is all the music we played back then when I was a little kid. So you've you been play, you've been playing since you were a little kid. Yeah, yeah. Good, good for you. Good for you. Well, we got to move yeah. on, Dick. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. All right, stay in touch. Good talking to you. Gene in Kentucky, good morning. Good morning, Ron. Yes. Um, I've noticed the last few weeks, I guess, a lot of birds and a lot of holes in my yard. It's kind of like they're looking for uh, grubs. Uh, can you explain what, what that is thereafter? I, I can't imagine them, you know, if you're looking like Japanese beetle grubs and that type of thing, they're still down in the soil fairly deep. They haven't started to move back up. That's what the temp- I thought. Yeah, temperatures haven't warmed up enough. Now, could, they, could the earthworms still be there? They could be. Could other things be clearing out, uh, so, you know, like cleaning out their cavities and whatever? Mm-hmm. Sure could be. Um, cicadas could be going after the, okay. anything like that. But obviously they're digging for some insect down there. But I would, I would guess more toward the earthworms, nightcrawlers, cicada larvae, things like that. But okay. grub, grubs are still probably a little bit Keep too down, too down well, in the ground. That's yet. what I thought. That's why I called. I've never seen this before. I guess it's... Because of the warm weather and the soft ground. Oh yeah, so they. Yeah. But you know what? When they do that, uh, it's aerating the soil for you. Yeah. <laughs> I better. It's like running a core core aerator through there for yeah, you. I guess I'm going to have to put my winter <laughs> seed down pretty soon. There you go. Thanks, they're, ma- they're making it ready for you. Good talking to you, Gene. They're making it all ready for him. Coming up next, we're going to have a little home improvement with Gary Sullivan. He's back. You know, he goes on this big tour uh, every January and early February. 
Getting all of the uh, home improvement, all the tours around the country. Uh, he's back in the studio, so we're going to talk to him about a little home improvement. Uh, also, want to remind you, go to our website, it's ronwilsononline.com. Rita's got a great recipe for you uh, for a turnover for dessert, as you can fix your special one uh, for Valentine's Day. Gary Sullivan coming up next here in the Garden with Ron Wilson. Landscaping made easier with your personal yard boy. He's in the garden, and he's Ron Wilson. Welcome back. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. Time for a little home improvement from somebody I haven't seen in five weeks. Maybe. Love is in the air. You look the same. Thanks, man. His website is GarySullivanOnline.com. His name is Gary Sullivan. It's been the home show circuit, brother. You have been traveling. It's been the home show circuit. Man, I'll tell you what. I've heard you talking, but I haven't seen you. you Every year I talk about all the new stuff that's coming out. There's still a lot of new stuff coming out this year also, but the one thing I've taken away... Um, the the home improvement industry, uh, and the home, uh, gardening industry because they're you know the outdoor landscaping and hardscaping we talk about it all the time mm-hmm. is hot 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 this mm-hmm. year, and then you know a couple you know when we go back seven years not so good right, mm-hmm. and t- in the last couple two three years has slowly climbed, I would say it's back. I mean seriously. Yeah. Seriously, back all three of the shows I, I've been to have been outstanding. Of course, the um, technology and new products and things that are out there. Technology is out of control, man. Continue to just. <laughs> yeah, I made. Um, take off like crazy. A couple of the shows I was at, I made the observation, and, you know, I'm not real smart. I just said, hey, it seems like the multiculturalness of the United States has worked its way in the home improvement industry. And the person I'm with is like, what do you mean? And I said, look at all the colors. Look at all the geometric shapes. We never. Right. And and so then we ran into a couple of people that were color specialists and decorators. And they go, oh, that's exactly what's going on. And I felt really smart, Ron. You did. You know, I don't feel well, that smart very you, often. You know but what? I'm you telling told, you what. You told me that about right before you went on the, on the Jeez, road. You I'm telling you. That. it's So anyway, if I was to sum up. And but you're right. People may be tired of me talking about it, But I think when it comes to a lot of things, it's like anything goes. Whatever kind of turns you on, whatever looks cool in your house. I told one guy, uh, a trendy decorator, I said, trends don't even last as long as my computer. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're right. It's like six or eight months, they're gone. It, it, oh, absolutely. But, but anyway. You know, you said that, though, with that on a serious note about the colors. and the yeah. yeah. You know, the same thing is happening in gardens. I was going to ask you that, yeah. Because you look, especially with the growing your own food uh-huh. and everybody uh-huh. growing it. With any kind of cooking, Asian cooking, Hispanic cooking, whatever it may be, that's all changed. And now we've got Asian greens. We've got, you know, all the foods that will match from if you're from Italy or wherever right, it may right, be. Right. Those are all becoming hot now as far as growing in your garden. So, Ron, you being in the nursery industry, this whole trend of um, farm to table, mm-hmm. uh, is that affecting your business in terms of what you grow and 
plants and vegetables or are you seeing more of that or has it been a steady climb we're, we're seeing more of that and if you talk to any pretty much any garden center around the country the hottest category right now in those those garden centers are the edibles yeah i Every, would think so and it's not gary it's not so much the gardens that your parents and my parents and grandparents grew with a right. big garden Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just growing your own in containers, small raised beds, indoors, that type of thing. Mm. Uh, has really started to come on strong, mm. especially in containers. Well, but you know what happens then? You know, you know how many varieties of tomatoes we're growing this year? Oh, my God. 112 no. varieties. No. You know how many varieties of peppers we're growing this year? 80 varieties. Really? Absolutely. Can you believe that? No. It's crazy. No. But everybody, and once 140 varieties of herbs we'll have this year. I didn't, wouldn't even guess there was that many herbs. Well, on the basil with. table alone, we'll have 15 selections there. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm not even going to ask you what the difference is. Uh, just taste. Taste, yeah. s- fragrance, smell. I mean, the whole thing. Yeah. But, you know, it's just that the edibles, the eating part is just exploded. Well, so, you know yes. what's going to happen from the raised beds to the containers? Eventually, <laughs> they're going to get back to the plots in the backyard. Because you're going to get excited. You're just going to keep expanding and it, expanding. It may or may not. Because yeah. of the looking at the millenniums, they're, they're millennials. They are um, not into that right now. It could maybe change to, over time. Yeah. But it's, it's a more Age to, changes a lot pace. of things in all generations. Well, you know what bugs me? And, I, I, and you're right. But you know what bugs me is when I hear, why, why are we doing Well, because we're too busy. We've got two kids, and we're always on the go. We don't have time to do that. But I thought we had all this back, technology and make it easier. Well, yeah, and I think back when you and I had two kids and three kids. I was very busy. And you were busy, but you were able to do that stuff as well. Well, life does move faster now, but I, I, I think there's a time for everything. You know, yeah. and, and choosing what you're doing with you've your life quite is... quite philosophical since you've been Well, gone. it's all about priorities, right? You yes. know, my mentor in life, he hated the phrase when people said... I didn't have time to do that. And he would always say, you always have time to do the things you want to do. And that's so that's true. Exactly, we all so, get 24 hours. So, I mean, and it's the truth. You didn't have time to do that, but you did play softball. You know, we. so you, you do. I mean, if you wanted to garden, you would have you know, time to do gardening. To and no matter how busy you are, there are certainly times in life where you're overwhelmed and busy as can be. And, you know, I, I I look back on my life, it was like that. I look at my kids right now, and it's like that, too. But you, they still have fun, and they still do things. You, right. You know, whatever. If, whatever. When I was crazy, busy with three kids, I was into running. I, always, I never missed a run. I was busy, though. But you did. Yeah. But you did so, it. You know, it's life's all about priorities, right? It, it is. That's why I'm all about easy. Yes, you are. You know, because if your if your home improvement is really not a priority, it needs to be because it's a big investment. So you got to teach people an easy way to accomplish the same task. How about that, like Ron? It. Wow, you right out of the chute, so baby. Philosoph- I mean, well, Mister, I'm I, exhausted. I, <laughs> <laughs> I might just go home the heck with his show. <laughs> you just spent yourself right here done. in the last five minutes. I'm done. I haven't gotten that deep in fifty years. Wow, man. <laughs> So, are you finding the the, the do it yourselfers also out there in home improvement right now, or not necessarily? Yeah, I think. Uh, uh, well, sure, it is. Is that, a, um, is that a, you know an up or down? Trend? No, I think uh, certainly people have gotten into um, the decorating aspects of home improvement, and the big driving force of that uh, really is the Gen Xer Millennium woman. 
is driving that whole home improvement market. So, yeah, yeah. I think we're kind of back to the point of maybe the female in the household running the job. Uh, When things crashed 10 years ago, I could tell a strong demographic shift in my show. It was more back to the guy's got to get the job done. We're not going to call the plumber to replace the water heater. How do I do that? Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think we're into um, certainly – People getting their first homes are into the, you know, you got the Pinterest and the house and you got, yeah, just like we were. Everybody's trying to make their little, whether it's a big house, a little house or a tiny house, you want it to be yours and you want to have your personality. And that's kind of what's driving the market. And uh, the palette is huge with colors and shapes and colors of metals, metals and countertops. Oh, my God. Are you happy with the Pantone color of the year this year? Um, well, I forget what it was. Green. The green, yeah. Well, PPG, they had theirs, and it was a dusty violet, which I really liked. Mm. You know, a lot of these people picked their colors of the year. I really, right. really did like their color of the year. I'd say dusty violet would describe it well. A we dusty that. violet. Yeah, did you take the so color personality the test? No. You gotta do this. How do I do that? Just go to the website, GarySullivanOnline.com, Okay. There'll be a link to all the different um, people we interviewed, and PPG has a website, and it's a PPG color personality test. And it'll show you all these pictures, and you just click the one that you're attracted to. Uh, One, I like that one, I like that one, I like that one. Another set of pictures, I like that one, that one, that one. Then they'll tell you what your favorite color is. And it is so accurate, it's frightening. And you are? Blue. A blue. I think I would be blue also. A blue, a blue, yeah. My wife was orange, fiery orange. I don't know. No wonder I'm scared of her. <laughs> so do you do anything special for Valentine's Day? Hopefully get through the day. <laughs> Not yet. Do you I find... thought I'd go out and trap some skunks or something. You... Well. It's skunk time. It's skunky time of year. But I was going to bring that up for you because you know what you're going to get calls on. Skunks. My dog got sprayed by a skunk. Yeah. How do I get rid of the scent? Odor exit. Give him a bath in it. Last Saturday on the Columbus show. Yeah. Dog got sprayed, came in the house. They were talking about calling in these people to do all this stuff. I said, odor exit. Go to the website, odor exit. They're like, what? I said, odor exit. Just it. trust me. It'll take care of the dog and the scent. Yep. Because you can do it on the dog, too. Oh, yeah. You can wash the dog down. Use the concentrate. Just wash it down. You'll be fine. So you, And then they'll tell you how to do it. There's mm-hmm. instructions on their website on how to wash the dog down and to get rid of the scent. That's why America listens to you, Ron. No, that's why they listen to you. That's why I said <laughs> odor exit. Gary Sullivan coming up next on most of these stations. And, of course, you don't get Gary, go to his website. It's GarySullivanOnline.com. Thanks to all our callers, our sponsors, to Dr. Z, our producer. Without Dr. Z, none of this stuff would happen. Now, do yourself a favor. Have the best weekend of your life. See ya. Green thumb or not, Ron can help at 1-800-823-TALK. This is In the Garden with Ron Wilson. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.